It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Eric. Listen in as they discuss Top Gun Maverick, the Screen X Cinema format, and Miss Marvel. Isaac last night went to go see a movie and kind of a, an event that we've been meaning to see since the start of the pandemic. Uh, what was the name of the band again, Isaac? I didn't write it down, so I, I can't remember. Invincible Zars. Invincible Zars. Yeah, back in like 2020, um, they were going to do, um, they were going to play the movie The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and then play their own score for it. On front over the movie uh playing it live right but they had to close it because the pandemic and they just recently came back this is their first time returning to our local theater but this time they're doing it for nosferatu mm. and so me and isaac went to go see that last night and man it was just awesome i never thought that i really wanted to go see something like that it never really appealed to me but it was really cool are they like a rock band or like a little orchestra, or what? Hmm. What do you think, Isaac? I'm looking at. I'm literally looking at the pamphlet I got last night. They don't say what they are, but they're from your state, by the way, sir. But in Austin instead. Um, oh yeah. And yeah, they they were initially debuted. They did their first tour or show, excuse me, in December of 2002. 20 years these guys have been going on for 20 years and spent years opening for bands what like they called again invincible czars oh, invisible czars. indivisible invisible invincible czars um bands like sleepy time gorilla museum yeah the, their musical style it definitely like they had tailored it to fit the silent film aesthetic but they had a really bassy uh, kind of theme that they would run through and it would get really heavy and Lots of drums in there too, but they also had a violin and uh, what was the other one? So they had violin, keyboards, percussion, drums, keyboard, sound effects, piano, bass, guitar, guitar, bass, guitar, sound effects, flute, clarinet, and bass clarinet. Flute. There we go. Now they, they, they said there's a, on the recording they had seven people with them, uh, but in last night's play they only had yeah five uh, only five. Yeah, but that's really cool. I hope we can go see something like that again because I'd love to uh. There's a lot of other cool style movies that I think would, would suit really well for that kind of thing. Have you ever listened to any of, uh, what's his name, Philip Glass's scores for like old movies and stuff? Yeah, his Candyman theme, uh, when that when that last movie came out, a few months beforehand I went back and watched all the original ones again. And I forgot how great his theme is for that, much better than the movie itself. <laughs> Probably the best part of Candyman is his music for it. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, cause those movies are not not very good. Any of them really, even the new one, wasn't all that great. Unpopular opinion. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not sure if it is. Yeah, I think they have a pretty strong cult following. Wait, what'd you say about the new movie? Oh, I said even that one wasn't all that good. Oh, okay. Well, I, I kind of like it. Yeah, there was a lot of good aspects to it, just like the other Candyman, the, the first one. A lot of good aspects, but by the time you get to the end, it, it kind of falls apart. Some weird stuff in there. Was it because of the same problems the originals had, or just new problems this one had? New problems. Okay. <laughs> new problems, yeah. Was it characters not acting properly? I've not seen one of those movies. Um, there was a certain character that shows up at some point who's who becomes like the cult of Candyman character. I felt like that. Oh, him. Yeah. Okay. I remember you talking about. Came out of nowhere. I was just like, "What the hell?" <laughs> but I thought he was set up properly, but you can say otherwise. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe I need to go back. But... Sean and Steve are at their show right now. Oh, they're at a show. Uh, stand-up comedian. That's why. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Mm. Heckle him, heckle him. If you can hear, if you can hear me, buds, heckle the heck out of him. I'm sure they can't hear you unless they're. Uh... It's, a, it's a she. Of course they, I know. Of course not. There you go. Oh, heckle her, heckle the heck out of her. No, you shouldn't. Heck, you shouldn't disrupt the, the shows. Come on, that's that's just rude. I could see you being a heckler, Isaac, at a comedy show. I could see you pulling some some shit like that. <laughs> you know, I would cause mischief and mayhem. Yeah, that's just, that's not cool. I mean, complete delinquent road hazard in there. That's not cool. I always remember that story that you told me and Johnny, and I, that just makes me shake my head. Which was, which one again? When you went to the, uh, the drive-in, and Minions started playing, and you're like, I refuse to watch this, I'm gonna go sit behind the screen and read a book. I was like, man, if I was in that audience, I would just been like, who's this asshole sitting back there, just distracting me the whole movie? Oh, no, 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 I, I said it wrong, I, I gotta describe it better. So... Everybody's looking at the screen, right? They all, like, have their cars and their uh, seats pointed in one direction. Mm -hmm. uh, what I did was I went to behind the car um, parallel to where our car was. So I'm basically in front of my family and, and relatives. Oh. And I just sat facing them. Okay, I thought you went, because there's that whole area behind the screen where people, like, walk their dogs. Oh. I thought you, like, planted your chair back there and were just, like, <laughs> behind the screen. I was like, oh, man. Oh, no. Why, why? Why would I do that? I think it's just the way you said it. I think you said I, it. Of course. It probably was that, but it's just like, what, what, why would I do that? That's why I was like, wow, that's, like, such a dick move. <laughs> but now that you mention it, I'll try that next time if I go to a screening, which, to a movie which I don't want to watch. No, oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Of course it's terrible. <laughs> I just wonder if Caleb has heard of this animated movie that most people are not aware of. What, Raggedy Ann? <laughs> nope. People have heard of Raggedy I don't know about the movie, but... Is it the one in Brit for, for... Oh, okay. Is it the one about the people in Britain? Although that's the one that he was telling me about, so I don't know that one. Is it Animal uh, Farm? <laughs> no. Everyone knows what Animal Farm is. Um, that's a classic. Um, this is something else. This is not a classic. <laughs> is it recent or is it like from? It's just it's no 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 it's from the '80s, but it's something I wouldn't okay. even have thought about. I mean at all, like like I wouldn't even like it would just been it would have just been lost in my memories if it wasn't for Caleb bringing up these like odd animated features. 
What is the title of this film called? The Abyss. I wonder if you heard of this very obscure theatrical animated movie from the 80s. Um, hmm. It's called uh, Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin. Yes. Oh my goodness, that's so commonplace, by the way. I, I Even I know what that one is. I actually mentioned this in uh, with Carl a little while ago in one of our Star Trek episodes. Oh. I think it was when we did Prodigy. Oh. I think I was saying that some of the slave pit scenes in that remind me of that movie. <laughs> oh, I probably didn't even know what the name was, or I couldn't remember the time, so I didn't know what you were talking about. No, that's that's fair. And to be fair, that's pretty much a ripoff of Star Wars. Yes. Oh, God, <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of those. Which, were we going to do that one, Caleb, for our after uh, Star Wars retrospect? And I mean, like, before the new ones. I don't... Because I know it was going to be American, like all of George Lucas' stuff, and then like Hidden Fortress, and then New Hope special. Not sorry, original edition. Excuse me. I did consider putting in a little mini, like ripoff of Star Wars section, but I hadn't put too much thought into it because that's such a big well. I was like, oh no, I don't even want to think about putting that together. So <laughs> one day we'll have to. <laughs> but yes, we we both have heard of Orion, uh, or sorry, Star Chasers: The Legend of Orion. God, the ship is so weird looking. Oh my god! Uh, in that, I think it's one of the worst. I think it's one of the worst ship designs there's ever been. Oh my god! Isaac, did did we watch that one together? I I don't remember. We never have. We we have never watched it together. Although we probably should. Yeah, so I think I saw it for the first time like maybe, I don't know, like two or three years ago. I couldn't remember if we watched it. Was it when you did your big animation kick, or no? Uh, do you mean, like, for Strange Animation? Yeah, or? for Strange Animation. No, yeah, I saw it quite a bit before I did that. It's just nuts to me that these things are theatrical. And, mm. you know, it's also called Star Chasing 3D, which I never saw in 3D. I can't even imagine how terrible it would be. Oh, wow. Oh, that would be interesting. I don't remember when it came out. Did it come out, like, 83 or... 85. That was 85. 85. How do I know this? What? That's the that's the tail end of the 3D boom. That's weird. It's still going at that point. Oh man, 3D. I mean, no, it was like it was like yeah, there was that short-lived um, revival, you know, with um, yeah, uh, Friday 13 3D and all that. Yeah, Jaws. But that was the old 3D, like the um, the red and blue. Well, I think even in that boom, they had the two competing ones again. And yeah, Jaws chose like the shittier one. And I think Friday Thirteenth maybe chose the the better one. I don't remember. Whatever the alternative was, I don't. I don't have no idea what it was. I have no recollection. I, have, I couldn't. I have no idea. I only remember the traditional black and white. I mean, glasses, black and white, three D, red and blue. Whichever one Jaws chose, it was something that they. Like, there's a reason the movie always looks just absolutely terrible. Like, there's no way that they could fix it because they had to in some way. Like, it was almost like they projected it through two different projectors. And so it's like half resolution and there's no way for them to fix it because of whatever cheap version of 3D they were using. The Friday the 13th chose the, a better one where that didn't happen. So it still looks okay. And they could still make like a Blu-ray out of it that looked good. But never for Jaws 3D. Hmm. Uh, I have no idea what this technology is for that one. Yeah, I remember I looked it up when we did our Jaws, uh, a retro or not retrospective, we only did one, but Jaws 3D uh, commentary. I think I knew what it was called then, but that's left my brain now. That was like two years ago. But yeah, the 3D booms are interesting. 
It's curious. I wonder when this one's gonna end. Like, I think this has been the longest lived one. Nah, this one's been dead. This one's been dead since like, I don't know, 2015. I don't know. It's been dead. Uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, they they still show movies in 3D. Um, um, I mean, like dead as in they're gonna take them out of the theaters and oh, stop worrying about that. Maybe that'll never happen at this point. Here, or at least in Texas, there's only a few theaters that'll show some 3D viewings and like oh like if they have like 60 viewings of standard they're in a day well it's probably more than that if you do the math at one theater <laughs> if, if they're showing 60 movies in a day 60 viewings like two or four will be in 3d so to me that's like oh interesting actually <laughs> dead <laughs> yeah it's definitely not like that here 3D is still yeah, very pervasive. Well, what are y'all thinking? Because that's not the way it is. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just... Yeah, maybe I don't know how it is elsewhere. But yeah, it's still very common here. <laughs> no, no, no. Not here. Not at all. Have you gone to the Langley Theater all recently? Uh, what's going on? I haven't, yeah, I haven't been there since I think I saw Nope with you and you all. Yeah, I saw they were adding something new in. And I didn't know what it was. And I just found out. What is it? But they're adding in uh, Screen X. Screen X. Yeah, a panoramic film format which presents films with an expanded, dual-sided, 270-degree screens projected on the walls in a theater. So, I don't know if that's just a pilot. What would be shown in that, in that ratio? Right now they have Top Gun Maverick. Three showings. Oh, of course. But how does that work? I mean... I don't know. That sounds incredibly strange. I mean, no, I mean, I get how it works, but but are they stretching the image, like, all the way around, is what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I... Because I can't imagine it was shot with that format in mind. Yeah, maybe, I think I'm going to try to go see something in that, or go see Top Gun this week, since I still haven't seen it. Yeah, that. I'll try that as well, if there's a showing, a late showing. What is it called again? Screen X. It sounds like, like a porno um, franchise. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Surround yourself with exclusive imagery, enhancing the narrative of film. Interesting. I mean, it kind of looks like if you've ever seen anyone play video games with three monitors, except mm. on a larger scale, obviously. So, so is it in a? Is it in the IMAX theater or is it like? No, no, no. It's in a traditional theater, but the screen yeah. goes along the side, like the side walls of the theater. Oh, I know what they're trying to do. Okay. It's quite the gimmick, but yeah, I'm very curious to see what. How that would actually translate it's almost like i'm looking at these images online it's almost like if the whole theater auditorium was shrunken down and put inside like the helmet of master chief <laughs> and you were just watching the whole movie like through his helmet but like if people were shrunk into like his head looking out his visor that's kind of what it looks like in these images i'm looking at um it's not bad it, it's just I just don't know what would be shot to take advantage of this is, is the only thing. Yeah, hopefully next time we, by the next time we talked, I'll have a, I'll have watched something in it and we can discuss it. So yeah, very odd. Yeah, it's like taking 70 millimeter to like the ultimate extreme. Yeah, I can't remember if we uh, recorded when we were talking about the, the Screen X, that gimmick that they released Top Gun in. I don't know. Uh, was that the one where it goes around the sides? Yeah, it's like a panoramic view. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 
Okay. I want well, at least I remember talking about it. Yeah, do you know if they released that in your area at all? Never heard of such a thing. Let me look real quick. It's called Screen X. Screen X, yep. Now I remember there was things like this that existed back in the day. I'm talking about like the sixties and the seventies. But in modern times, um I'd never heard of it until you brought it up. Um, it looks like there's one in Houston. That's not close to me. Mm. And and there might be one in Dallas. Um, as far as Texas goes. Oh my gosh! I think there's there's one in Waco. That's a that's getting closer. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I guess there is such a thing. I'd be interested to check it out. But, I don't know, I guess you're going to tell me your feelings on that. Mm. Yeah, it definitely felt more like a gimmick than really anything else. And I don't know if this film was shot to like be a pilot for the technology, or if they just kind of converted it after the fact. I couldn't tell. Um, it really didn't come into play too often, and it only actually appeared during the flight sequences. Oh. For the most part, it was gone throughout the movie. And then whenever they would like, they'd be like, okay, we're going to the mission. Suddenly their screens would light up and it'd be like, oh crap. What was interesting too is that um, I didn't expect how much it was going to like light up the whole theater. Like it made it, like I was in a completely empty theater. I was the only one there. But if people <laughs> were there, you'd be able to see uh, everyone everywhere. So that was kind of interesting. Um, I can imagine. No, I, I, I extremely doubt there the movie was shot with that in mind uh like most big movies including that one i'm sure imax was the focus you know as in terms of mm. shooting and framing i'm sure they use imax cameras for much of it and but that probably lends itself to the spacex conversion because you probably have more real estate to work with like when you want to like stretch and expand and stuff like that yeah, and I remember there was a couple cool times when, like, um, like they would show... I remember at the end, they had a, a thing where they were showing the... Uh, oh, what's, what are those plane uh, ships called? <laughs> the ones that are in the, the sea that the planes would land on. The plane ships? It's an aircraft carrier. <laughs> like the boats. Buddy. They, uh... It's not a boat, it's a ship, and it's an aircraft carrier. Huh. You know, for, every, for whatever reason, whenever I think of aircraft carriers, I just think of uh, Avengers now. Or uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. comics. Well, similar concept. <laughs> yeah, there was a scene where we uh, they were kind of showing that, and then up in the corner on the, the left side of the screen, you could see the plane coming in. But it took a while before it finally moved into the other middle screen. Uh -huh. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And there was a couple times when like we'd have a close-up on a character, and it'd be like their scene. And then on the other side of the, like the right side, you'd see a few people like standing next to him. I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> like, I wonder if they knew that they were on frame at that moment or if they were just kind of standing there. But otherwise, it was just kind of uh, like a blur of color moving around whenever they'd be flying. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gave me a bit of a headache. It was more disorienting than uh, anything else. Right. But the movie was, was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I kind of wish that I went back and rewatched the original Top Gun, because I haven't seen that in probably like twelve or or more years, so I really didn't remember it. But oh, that's funny. Um, that's one of those movies I can never forget. But um, 
did you like the original? Um, I, I think it was one of those movies that I watched and I was like, oh, it was okay. But I never had much attachment to it or any call to go back. So, yeah, I think I've only seen it maybe twice. And those were both on TV. So. <laughs> and which do you think is the better movie now that you've seen both? Uh, I couldn't judge. Um, I mean, I'm curious to go back to the original now. I might try to squeeze it in this week if I have some time. Because it was definitely, there was a few moments where I was like, okay, I'm getting some, some memories of things here. And, but going in, it was like a complete blank, the original movie. I haven't gone back and watched the entire thing uh, yet, the original. I'm waiting for the, the 4K double pack to come out uh, in November. But one thing I think you'll notice right away, in contrast, when you watch the original, is you'll notice whenever they're up in the planes, especially when they show that the characters, the pilots, I think you're going to notice how fake everything looks. Um, in the original. Oh, really? <laughs> after seeing the new one. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's one of the biggest differences, um, I think, by far. Um, mm. That you're going to realize how constrained they were by technology, budget, etc. Like when they made the original. Um, yeah, and what, what little memories I do have of the original Top Gun is feeling that it definitely was kind of coated in a layer of 80s cheese. And this movie brought some of that too, but I imagine it'd be a lot thicker in the uh, the original one. It had some '80s cheese, but man, it was it was as cool as it gets at the time. <laughs> that I mean, because there's other movies from the '80s that are just like terrible soundtrack, terrible score, terrible clothing, you know, terrible everything. Mm-hmm. But this was like a representation of like some of the best of what the 80s had to offer even though it's still rooted in the 80s um, it was like the pinnacle um, god it was so good I mean the original in the time but uh, mm. I, I really like the second one um, from a technical standpoint is, is where I give it major kudos um, the fact that for the most part eh, there's some little digital tweaking mi- for some little things but for the most part what we see of the planes flying is like real footage even if it is manipulated you know at times it's still like we're seeing real planes doing real maneuvers with real pilots the actors were largely all shot up and shot on film while in the air which is just crazy um (laughs) and the story, I wasn't feeling it at first. It felt a little bit like a... What does pastiche mean? Is that the right word? I'm not sure. That's not a word I usually use. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that is the right word, even though I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> it came off a little bit as a pastiche at the beginning. Um, but once they added more layers to the, the, the father-adopted-son type relationship that like that like boosted up the narrative for me um it made it a lot more worthwhile in the end so that the human story better complemented like the technical feat on screen and yeah i just thought it was really satisfying i wasn't like oh my god you know but (laughs) the fact remains um it is the second most satisfying film i've seen of 2022 um even though 
I wasn't like falling over myself when I was coming out of the theater. <laughs> it's just really, really impressive. Um, and and yeah, um, points for uh, points for not being woke. And what was the last thing we talked about? Um, I didn't mention it, but when we were talking about King of Monsters, uh, oh, something yeah. I something I noticed, even though it has a diverse cast, but that's I keep saying that's on its own. That's not the definition of a woke movie, just because you have a diverse cast. Um, I didn't mention it in our conversation previously, but it did strike me that the movie was non-woke, um, especially for 2019, um, which again continued in, in uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, and mm, probably the first one too. But see, and I'm not trying to start a new argument, but Jurassic, the third one, the third world, <laughs> Jurassic, the third world, um, <laughs> the third of the world trilogy, the one that came out recently. See, it follows similar guideposts as the King of Monsters movie in terms of like theme and whatnot. Uh, but to me, it crosses over into the woke zone. It's not super woke, the Jurassic Park movie. But it crosses some line that the um, King of Monsters movie does it for better or for worse. I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying, there's a difference. Um, but I, I noticed that because, yeah, you know, one of these days I probably will never do it. But to go back and look at movies from like 2015 to 2019 and see like where they fell, like on this scale, um, or at least the big movies. But yeah, well, I'm glad to see Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, and if there's one thing I always love in movies is when a plan is laid out and you see the plan very clearly. This oh, movie, yeah. they spend a lot of time just hammering it in. And I'm always just waiting for when the ball's going to drop once, once the plan's enacted. I always love that that feeling. So. Oh, I, when you said ball's going to drop, I thought you meant like where like they kept rehearsing it or they've shown it to you, but then it all goes sideways. And, and then yeah that's yeah that's that's what i meant yeah oh is that what you meant yeah oh i thought it sounded like you meant like just when they execute it and you get to see it play out um yeah and i was definitely not expecting it to go sideways the way it did and that did add a little bit of a layer of enjoyment for me because it extended the ending beyond what you expected but it didn't overstay as well because all of a sudden i was afraid um harken back to the Star Wars movie I will not mention, but at a certain point, you think the movie's getting to a climax, and you think it's gonna end soon, and then you discover there's like an additional 35 minutes or something, like, after beyond that point, and I almost thought that, like, Maverick was gonna go that route, that there was gonna be, like, a whole like, additional act that I did, I was like, oh my god like, I can't remember what movie that was with Owen Wilson um, like, Behind Enemy Lines I was almost afraid they were going to either set up a sequel or, like, kick off, like, a whole mini-movie within the movie. Um, but it gets taken care of in due time. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, that was a good one. Uh, good seeing, um, great how they incorporated, um, I was going to call him Matt Mardigan. Um... Oh, uh, what's the name of the actor who plays Iceman? Iceman. Iceman. 
Oh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a good integration. And at first, it kind of seemed kind of hokey. I mean, just for him to sh like cameo, but then it, it like it, it worked out later. Um, some people were upset about what was it Conley being in that movie rather than yeah, but no complaints out of this Conley fan. Yeah, and I I'd like to touch that the first scene that we see her. Uh, they're playing a David Bowie song in the bar. Oh, nice. I had me uh, have a little smile. <laughs> I don't know if I made that connection. And, and a lot of people were like, where'd she come from, uh, this character? But apparently her character is mentioned but unseen in the original Top Gun movie, which I wouldn't have known. I read that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was try I was like, I don't remember her being in that. And wouldn't she have been pretty young to be in that? Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't remember anything about this. But <laughs> She would have, but she would have been old enough. Well, she would have been like, I can't remember her exact age, but she would have been like in the in the vicinity of like 19 back then. Yeah. Obviously, it was post-Labyrinth, uh, but not by much. But yeah, I don't know. I was really surprised to see a Mission Impossible 7 trailer. I was like, holy crap, how come I didn't hear anyone talking about this? <laughs> um, I only heard about it because maybe two weeks ago I saw a teaser, not even a trailer, but like a Tom Cruise teaser was making its rounds on social media. Oh, so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't in front of the movie when you saw it? Oh, no, 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 because they just started releasing uh, marketing for this like literally like two weeks ago, and I saw the movie oh. months ago. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought maybe it was paired up all this time and just no one mentioned it. No, 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 no. Did it have the bit where I think this happened when I saw it? When at the beginning of the movie, it shows Tom Cruise speaking to the audience? Yeah, yeah he's like thanking, thanking me for coming to the theater. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I'm just doing my part. <laughs> I remember when, uh, was it Star Trek Beyond that they did that too? Like Simon Pegg, like, being like, oh, thank you so much for coming to the movie. This is the way movies are meant to be seen. This is how we made the movie to be seen. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Feels a little pandering sometimes. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> but I'm jealous because you just reminded me of, I can't remember which Abrams Star Trek it was. Well, it must have been the first or the second. Couldn't have been the third. Um, where they had, like, some kind of, like, fan screening, like, in Austin, Texas. And I don't know if it was before or after, but they just like pull out like Leonard Nimoy in the theater. And I was just thinking, God, oh, what wow. would that be like <laughs> to just be at a screening and then, oh, by the way, here's Leonard Nimoy. That's <laughs> yeah, like when I was watching the uh, recent WWE event, uh, Clash at the Castle. And they're like, oh, and Bret Hart's here with us today. And I was like, what the hell? And they showed him like one time. He like looked at the camera and waved. They just never cut back to him again. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Such a wrestling fan. I should have done something more with him. Such a wrestling fan. I mean... Yeah, me and Isaac are uh, we're going to a WWE event on Saturday. It's finally coming to Vancouver. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Y'all can go to uh, Royal Rumble in Texas in 2020, whatever year they said it was. Oh, yeah. I'd, I've, I've thought about flying to go see him, but I'm glad I don't have to travel too far. I hate flying. Uh, I don't think flying would be the worst part about it. I think it'd be the fact that y'all would be melting. Um, and once you got out of the airport, you'd just be melting the whole time. Uh, oh, no. I think it's I think it's in the summer or or summer enough 
that it would just be ridiculously hot out here. Yeah, and I've had enough of the heat after Florida this year. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. It's probably some. I don't know. I See, that's one of the few states I've never been to. I can only imagine what it's like. Um, and I know it's like Houston weather, because, uh, again, you know, Texas has different weather depending on what part you're in. And I know what mm-hmm. Houston feels like, and that's bloody miserable. Um, so Florida is anything like that. Ugh. Blah. Can't take that. Yeah, there was like these uh, little smoking areas on the resort I was at. And every now and again, someone would come and sit with me, and we'd have a chat. There was just one guy who said he was from Texas. Didn't say where. But he was. I was complaining about the heat, and he's like, oh, I love it here. It's so much better than where I live. Oh, it's fuck. like it's nice because it's a humid heat. It's like where I live, it's just this dry heat. It just bakes your skin off. It's like, at least here, you know, you get some, like, you get a little bit of a break from it. But for me, it was like I could feel every time I breathe. It was just filling my lungs with heat. That means he's, like, from the central or western area, if that's what he said his weather's like. Um, Mm. But, which is almost where I live. (laughs) Almost. I'm, like, on the border (laughs) of that area. Um, But I wonder, though if it is as intense as it is in Houston Um, because it's pretty bad like I don't go to Houston very often but I feel like you can't even wear jeans like in that climate because that just seems like wildly inappropriate Um, (laughs) because of the weather and everything I don't know Oh, I was gonna talk. What was I gonna talk about besides the main feature? What did I watch recently? Let's see, I watched Game of Thrones. I watched The Ring. Something else I watched randomly. I watched some Lower Decks. That was okay. That's what I watched. I was gonna bring up something to you that I watched recently. I'm looking at my list of things I watched recently. Oh yeah, that's what I watched. For totally forgot. Um, you know, so I finished uh, the Ms. Marvel series on Disney because I, mm. I was like halfway through it when I put on a hiatus. And I have to say, you know, it is as woke as it's pretty woke. I dare say She Hulk is even more woke. I'm not sure. It's hard to hard to compare those two because they're so different. But um, yeah. it's woke especially at the beginning of the series. I feel like it kind of evens itself out in that regard later. I actually liked it. You know, I didn't love it, but I liked it. I, I thought it was kind of nice. Um, yeah. Oh, you watched the whole thing? Yep. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I liked it. I, it was okay. It was okay. Mm-hmm. The stakes at the end were a bit hokey, that it was the, the evil... I can't remember what force she worked for, the the lady with the, the hair. Um, I can't remember. Oh yeah, because there's can't like there's like the damage squad and the I don't know the names of the different groups. It's a bit hokey that I mean she was like going over the top evil government type. Yes, <laughs> uh, and it was like a and it was a bit fucking hokey to have like this showdown in the school. Uh, I mean there had to be a way. To like <laughs> somehow get that due to the harbor. If you both got those superpowers and a head start, there's no way anyone's gonna catch you. But okay, fine. I'll suspend my disbelief um, for that. Yeah, I liked it. All this stuff about the partition, 
and like the weird yeah. flashback and all that stuff. I was down with all that stuff. Um, yeah, I like that stuff too. And part of the reason I know it's not Bollywood, I mean India, but part of the reason I like Bollywood, not that I watch it that much, but when I do, part of the reason I watch it is because there is just a lot of attractive people on the screen in India. And I thought there was a lot of attractive people in this show. Um, I'm assuming most of them are Pakistani, the ones who appear to be Pakistani. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just nice. And I actually, I didn't like her in the first episode or two, the the actress playing the protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. But by the end, I, I like her. I like her. She's nice. Um, yeah, I think she's a good fit for the for the role definitely ended up being better than moon knight even though i liked moon knight i think more than most people moon knight was okay but i liked moon knight because i think oscar isaac is is brilliant in general yeah and that's like but that's what he like carried it um otherwise it would have been like what the fuck am i watching um yeah now yeah and then like i was thinking about it because I mean, these shows, they don't get the same budgets as, like, MCU movies, obviously. I mean, not just in terms of effects, but other other considerations. And when they're showing that flashback scene um, at the train station at, near the end of the flashback, man, I counted, like, 200-plus extras. I was like, what the fuck? Like, wh- where did they shoot that? Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what continent they were on. But where did they get all those extras? They got all those people and got them all in costumes, like to film that like little sequence for this little Disney Marvel show. Like, if you go back, I don't know. If, did you ever watch the Agent Carter show? No, not a second of it. Oh my god, the show was okay. But what I couldn't get over, like the hurdle I couldn't get over to enjoy that show fully was that it was one of those shows and there there was a lot back then oh agents of shield is another one but it was more obvious in agent carter it's one of those shows that looks like it's shot on the back lot of disney studios like los angeles like oh no like every time they oh yo you remember like in star trek tos whenever they would do like a mobster episode or like mm-hmm. something that was supposed to be or like when they went uh through the guardian and they went to the 60s or or whatever decade it was you know how they used that that set you know that back that 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 prefab set you know that's supposed to represent a cityscape um like a back lot that's where it looks like agent carter was shot um and that always took me out of it and and for a while, Disney shows were very much like had that look. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was another one. Or I should say ABC um, Disney. And so I do like that the newer MCU shows don't necessarily have that stupid aesthetic, that cheap aesthetic. Miss um, Marvel does at times, but it, it, it feels like they did enough like location shooting in New Jersey or whatever. Um, yeah, so... I'm just saying, as woke as it was, I actually, <laughs> I, that's probably one of the most liked things I've, I've seen that that is also woke at the same time. Um, but like I said, the wokeness was, was heavier like in the first episode or two. 
like they didn't focus on it as much once certain things were established. Yeah, again, I, I'm I'm always confused at like what was the, because I didn't feel like it was necessarily like extremely woke. I didn't see a huge difference. Was it, was there like LGBT characters in there or something, or was it just the, kind of the focus on the multicultural cast? Or it's funny because see they they it's funny, it's funny because they can't do that because, because then see it's so funny they were in a woke trap. They couldn't really go down the LGBT road because because then it would cause offense for the primary audience the um the pakistani muslim types so that's kind of funny they had to walk like a woke tightrope um <laughs> to do no it was it was the like it hits you in the beginning with the and again diversity on its own is not necessarily woke but you can feel when it's like um Forced diversity with the non-Pakistani characters um, in the beginning, and then just all the just the way you can see how the males and females interact with each other, the things they say. Yeah, now that I think about it, I think She-Hulk is more woke uh, than Miss Marvel, but um, but that's that's how like where it's that's where it comes out of the gate being super woke, and and just because it's pandering to like generation z ish um then you just kind of expect it um just because that's who the target audience is like a younger audience but like i said i think um once the action and the plot starts picking up and other things have already been established they don't they don't hammer you on the head with it going for going continuing on there's still woke stuff but they're not whacking you um like they were earlier and wokeness it's not just about the diversity and the representation it's also it has to do with the writing um and see a lot these characters were a little bit more fleshed out than in other woke enterprises so that helped it um yeah because you know at, at least they didn't write the protagonist to be like an asshole woman with like a chip on her shoulder. You see? Like, you see? Oh, that's what they did. That's what they did that was like not woke, which was they had a protagonist who didn't have her shit together, who had flaws she had to work through. That's an issue with a lot of woke works. Because um, she's not a Mary Sue, you see. And so yeah. that's not woke. See, that's why I could. Uh... I could definitely see the woke label being attached to She-Hulk, but I've I've been confused why people attach it to Miss Marvel necessarily, unless it just comes down to diversity. I think like me, they just like saw the first episodes and were like, "Fuck, I can't deal with this." And then even if it wasn't woke, it's still targeted to a younger audience, and I can see how that's just a turn off on its own for certain people as well, woke woke or not. So they probably didn't finish it like I didn't finish it initially. And probably didn't realize it got better. And then, what, what do you think about the little mutant nod at the end? I yeah, I thought that I didn't even really notice it at first. It was my my partner who pointed out. It's like, oh, is that like a mutant uh, build-up thing? Oh. And she's not even a Marvel person, so it was <laughs> Maybe that obvious. Goes to show how much attention I was really paying. It was obvious AF because he said the word mutation or something, and then they very clearly play the sting of their theme. 
their iconic theme. Oh, did they? Wow, I can't believe I missed that. Yes, it's very clear. It's like <laughs> a certain mutation in your blood, and it goes like <laughs> like real quick. Oh, interesting. <laughs> wow. I was like, okay. What I did definitely notice was the uh, the weird Brie Larson ending. I was like, what the hell is this? Oh, yeah. I had a feeling to stay for the after credits. Um, man. See, that's that's another thing where I, I get the woke. I get how that's woke. There's so much stuff that I just feel completely lost when I see the, the thing being attribu- attributed to it. But that one I get. Wait, what do you get about her being woke? Like, do you mean, like, what do you mean exactly? Oh, in uh, in Captain Marvel, yeah, because there was a lot of a lot. Oh, of... you mean in the movie Captain Marvel, the movie? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. That's the poster child, um, probably. Uh, I don't know. I have to think about that. What the? Po- <laughs> but yeah, that seems like it's probably the poster child from the MCU on that front. Yeah, and that stuff really doesn't. I don't find that stuff to be an issue, but it was definitely uh, noticeable in that movie. But. <laughs> It just seems like too blatant and, and tired. Um, yeah, I kept thinking watching that movie, I was like, or lazy, I should say. I was like, so many scenes in this movie feel like that terrible scene in uh, Batman Returns when Catwoman's like, "You can't hit me. Uh, I'm a woman." And then he's like, "Oh no, I'm sorry." Oh, and then she kicks his ass, and she had like her other like, "I'm a woman, hear me roar" line. I was like, that's the kind of obvious like buzz phrases and things that i could see being like the yeah what they consider woke nowadays so they're doing that in 92 <laughs> um i like brie larson uh, in general as an actress yeah and ever ever since she joined the mcu and i was looking forward to the movie as well because i thought i thought i expected the movie to be like really cool and interesting even though i, I don't know shit about the character captain marvel um i was expecting good things from it uh, and I was just—it was just kind of medium for me, but yeah. once I started seeing her in interviews and the stuff that she continually pounds uh, <laughs> post Captain Marvel, I cannot stand her. Um, I mean, it was okay seeing her in Ms. Marvel for a hot second, but she's just like ruined it. Just like I, I mentioned about Taylor Swift, I've been a Taylor Swift fan for a long time. I like most of her music, not all of it, but. Um, when she started speaking openly about politics and political issues, I had to like immediately turn that stuff off or avoid it because the more I listen to it, the more it like ruins um, my fan appreciation of her like art, quote unquote. Yeah, that stuff. I mean, unless people are like like racist or hateful, that stuff just doesn't really bother me too much. It, it's not that it was. It's not. It's not that it's racist or hateful or on that level. It's that some of it. It just sounds so stupid, um, like uninformed or dim. Uh, or also, there was this brouhaha a year or so ago when a Netflix show that's like a sitcom. Uh, they had they they made a, one of the characters in this sitcom show made a line something like, "You got more boyfriends, or you change boyfriends quicker than Taylor Swift," and. Mm-hmm. It was such a big fucking deal, like, because Taylor Swift was saying that this was, like, putting women down and, like, all this shit. And I was just like, man, why couldn't you just say that was a funny joke and just, like, move on? And she was, just, like, saying all this stuff about how it was, like, oppression towards women, that joke, because, um, 
because if she was a man, nobody would care about like her love life or whatever. Um, it's just because she's a woman and blah blah blah. Just the double standard. Just stop talking. Stop talking. It was a silly throwaway line. Just go yeah, and in general, in general, she's probably right. But you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio oh. thing recently is uh, <laughs> I no 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 a counterpoint. But in general, I, I think she's probably correct. The reason people care about her dating life and whatever, it's not because she's a fucking woman. I mean, this factor to some degree, but that's not the real thing. The reason people care so much. Is because she's Taylor Swift. That's what it is. That's what it is. Um, yeah, but her point might be uh, like if she was like a male singer, like if she was like I don't I don't know Justin Bieber, whoever else is a young <laughs> singer around her age that's a male. Okay, look, they're probably not tracking off his uh, his exes and, and that stuff. We understand that um, there is a double standard if you really want to get down to it yeah that's that's my point uh yeah yeah but it's still moot because because even if she was a male she has famously open or i mean it's yeah she's very much detailed and again maybe because because this is taylor swift like we can see the whole chronology and so even though males maybe having whatever partners they have we don't know, like, all 12, you know what I mean? Um, and so that makes a difference, too. Um, and that's why I say because it's Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, it's know. informed her music a ton. So, yeah, she kind of opened herself up to it. I didn't even bring that up, but there, there's that, too. But, I mean, it's because she's Taylor Swift. She's female. Everyone's fucking in love with her. I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's the price of the celebrity, of being a hot celebrity. Oh, basically. Yeah, but I'm sure her point was women in the industry, they, that kind of stuff gets a lot more focus than it would for a man, which I'm sure is a fair point in, in, for the most part. But Leo's sure getting dragged at the moment. <laughs> I'm here here for the day that a Netflix series makes a joke about me and all the girl conquests I've had. Uh, sign me up for that for that day. Well, and of course, like the whole album reputation was... That she's got this bad reputation of being like crazy and she's got this line of exes because she's like unlovable and so it, it was clearly itching at her for a while there <laughs> and i don't know if you remember on lover she has a song called if i was a man and this this is when i take complaints oh her. fuck oh fuck fuck that song fuck that song yes. oh that's another one what are you gonna say yes and then what are you gonna say one, it's a terrible song, and two, she keeps talking about, like, oh, like if I was a man, maybe I would have had more success, maybe they wouldn't criticize me as much. And it's like, you're you're Taylor Swift, you, who, who could be more successful than you? And you're complaining that if you're a oh, man... Oh, no, no, no. I know that's the part that broke it for me. Yeah. <laughs> they may not have criticized you as much, but, like, trust me, honey, you being a female did not hurt you in that way. <laughs> like, in, in, in terms of success... It did not hurt you at all. Yeah, and again, if it wasn't a terrible song off her worst album, I wouldn't be complaining that much. I'd be like, okay, I'll take it. But it was just such a bad song, and just the whole album is just like, wow, wow, what happened to her? I feel like if you're trying to break out in the Nashville local scene musically, it behooves you to be a female. A hot female on top of that. A young hot mm -hmm. female on top of that. It behooves you. 
if you're just a dude, yeah, good luck. I feel like you've got no fucking chance unless you can sing like the Nashville version of Pavarotti. You have no fucking chance, like mm. in that market uh, of breaking out. Oh, you just remind me of one other thing I wanted to mention. You know who Mr. Beast is on YouTube? Uh, Mr. Beast, I, I don't think so. Let me look him up. I'll see. Well, he'll start popping up because I've known about him for almost two years now. But I think he's just right, like around right now, he's cracking into mainstream consciousness, like for everybody, like not just people who watch YouTube. Like I think he's starting to break out into mainstream, mainstream. Yeah, I never heard or of the him. Zeitgeist. So, like I said, he's been growing in notoriety and popularity over the past two plus years. Um, and he, where he makes his bones, so to speak, is uh, is by funding him out of his own pocket and hosting like crazy competition shows that he produces himself that he puts on his YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> And he just gives away crazy amounts of money. And even the people who don't win, many of them still walk away with something pretty nice along the way. Because um, he'll make deals like along the way as people are competing mm. in these games. Because he'll be like, if somebody wants to quit right now, um, I'll give you 10000 bucks." And somebody <laughs> said, what about if you give me a PS5? And he said, all right, if you quit right now, I'll give you a PS5. There you go. Oh, I know that's not 10000 bucks, But I mean, that's like... An example. Hey, that's a hot commodity. <laughs> yeah, or he'll say things like, "You'll have whatever's in this case," and sometimes the case has ten thousand bucks, and sometimes it has something stupid. But you know, you can do you know whatever. He just makes up. He just barter's like on the fly. Um, yeah, and reportedly, according to him, he he's not rich, even though he gives away millions of dollars all the time. But because he says. All the money he makes, he puts back into the competition. So he says he, he like lives on the margins. Um, mm. But um, anyway, um, my kid has a bunch of half siblings, um, and a couple years ago, one of his half siblings was in one of these competitions, and he won like eh, he didn't win the big prize, which was a million dollars, but he won almost twenty thousand um, oh, wow. dollars kind of it was kind of cool his older brother at the time was probably like eh, 24 something like that 23 24 um, and he told me about it and I was like oh that's cool because I knew who mr. Beast was I, I never watched it a lot but I knew what it was and then we were in San Antonio at this place called the main event which is kind of like a, like a Dave and Buster's for lack of a better term, kind of place. And you know what that is, right? Nope. I was just looking it up. <laughs> Dave and Buster's? Um, it's, it's appeared in some movies, but um, like a Chuck E. Cheese for all ages, like including adults. Oh, okay. Um, so this is, but this is the main event. Anyway, we're at the main event uh, where they have bowling and video games and other stuff. Um, and there was actually like some random kids who were like nine year ten years old and like they recognized my kid's brother um from mr beast and they like asked him for his autograph and i was like that's weird 
Um, and then my, my kid told me that, uh, like, they were walking around downtown and, like, people were recognizing him from Mr. Beast. And I was just, just from being a contestant. And I was just like, oh, that's weird. Uh, well, he's been on Mr. Beast more times uh, since then. Um, and he, he's a twin, and his brother has also been in some competitions. Uh, and I just watched this video because it came up on my Facebook randomly. I just watched this video a few days ago. And so he was in this competition not that long ago. And it was for a Lamborghini. And, you know, everyone has their hand on it. Last person wins the car. Um, he got down to, like, the last four people. And they were going, like, onto day four or something on this competition. So it was getting pretty rough. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And he was, like, the like one of the last four people. And, yeah, Mr. Beast was, like, uh, his name is Akira. Right? Yes, after the movie. Uh, actually, I think I had... Rock and roll. And I, I had something to do with it, the naming. But anyway, um, so Mr. Beast is like, Akira. He's like, because Akira's like, oh, I can't take any more. Like, uh, you know, he's like, you know, I'll give you, you know, $10,000 if you, or something. He's I'll give you something if you take your hand off right now. He's like, is that good? And he's, he's like, no, no. He's like, well, what do you want? He said, how about you guarantee I'm in the next competition? And he said, all right, I guarantee it. And so then he took his hand off. Um, <laughs> so then this video comes up on my Facebook today, randomly, the algorithm. <laughs> and it was the next competition. And it was just Akira and this other guy. And they just had to complete this extreme escape room experience that Mr. Beast had put together. It's basically like 10, 10 escape rooms, like one after the other. Um, oh, wow. And they had like a time limit, um, and the prize was a uh, hundred thousand. Um, and yeah, he won. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's he awesome. He won. He actually won ninety-five k because he spent five thousand to get a hint on one of the problems. But <laughs> uh, yeah, he won. Uh, and I'm just watching it, not knowing what's going to happen. Um, yeah, he won. <laughs> So there you go. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Set you up for a while. Yeah, especially when you're like 25, 26 years yeah. old. Yeah, because the original 20,000 he won, I think he pretty much put that into, um, into um, he paid off his, his college loan. He had just graduated like not that long prior to this or to that. Oh, and then like my kid has a PS5. And one of those twins gave it to him. It was like a Mr. Beast prize. So that's where my kid got his <laughs> PS5. Oh, that's really cool. Lucky he uh, hooked up with that guy. But I have to say, Mr. Beast, you know, I've just seen only seen him in videos. He just seems like a regular dude who's like, I don't know, 29 or something. He just seems like a regular guy who is what he is. Like, it doesn't seem like he has like a secret personality or he like he a hidden character he just seems like a genuinely like nice guy like i don't know i think that's what people find appealing about him is that he just seems like really generous like again it doesn't it's almost like a non-profit he's running because <laughs> he doesn't 
like seem to live any kind of lavish lifestyle or do anything crazy. I don't know. Good for him. <laughs> no, that is cool. It's good it's working out for him, too. He has the money to uh, keep doing that. Yeah, he did like a really crazy Squid Games um, remake where he based oh all the games off the show and like had like a full-size warehouse and like recreated all the events like very similarly to the show. It was crazy. I mean, because he just spends so much money on some of these competitions. It's just, it's wild. <laughs>